What is up? Today is the day I Prevail just released their brand new album, True Power, the first record they've released since March of 2019 with Trauma, a massive record for them as well. And no surprise, this one fucking slaps as well. We have a very special guest on this release day making time for us. Brian from I Prevail. Of course, we are also joined by Anthony Vincent, also known as 10 Second Songs. What is up, dudes? Brian, what has the response been like several hours into release now <laughs> since I this mean, record dropped? Yeah, I was up at midnight last night, like so excited to kind of see everybody's response. And it, it honestly has been more than I ever could have asked for. You know, writing this record over the last couple of years was such a journey in itself. So now that we actually get to see, you know, the fruits of our labor come to fruition. It's been incredible. And just all the feedback too on different songs. It hasn't just been one song here, one song there. It seems like everybody collectively really likes the record as a whole. And it's just so exciting. And yeah, it's good to be on with both of you guys. I miss, uh, I miss talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to ask too, like this is 15 songs, 15 songs and none of it is filler. And I listened to this record, and the thing that keeps coming back to me is how much fucking time did you guys put into this album? Because it is so polished. It is such a – it's got such a great sound to it. Uh, the production is insane on it. The son- Sonically, it is insane. I've listened to it in the car. I've listened to it in my home Production is immaculate. Yeah, it's immaculate. So many layers. How many man hours do you think you put into this record, dude? Well, first off, I got to give props to Tyler Smith, who is our producer, who actually was in a band called Danger Kids, who I was a huge yes. fan of way back in the day and became friends with him. And he obviously produced Trauma, which turned out to be a, a you know an incredible record for us and did a lot for our journey. So we just knew we had to work with him again. So I think, uh, you know, the pandemic certainly provided some challenges with this record, but it also for us, I feel like gave us a lot of time to sit with each song and really figure out you two coming from trauma i think kind of reflecting on that record and reflecting on our whole time as a band because it, i mean you know our journey more than anybody how crazy it's been going from you know being these dudes just trying to live out a dream and see if we couldn't play some shows on the road to everything blowing up out of nowhere and you know we didn't have much time to really be able to take that in so i think these last couple years allowed us to really reflect and also with this new album decide like hey what is the music we want to make and what are the you know chances we want to take because i think there's a lot of artists out there who they have a lot of pressure whether it's from a record label or management or different sides saying hey do it this way or do it that way and i think this time around was so cool for us because we had such a small circle which really allowed us to just grind at the songs uh, where, you know, really there was like five guys in the writing room the entire uh, in the entire album process with me, Eric, and uh, Steve from the band, and then Tyler and a buddy of mine named John Eberhard who also wrote. So we just kept it a super small circle, and I think that's what allowed us to really sit there and be honest with ourselves and say, hey, if this chorus isn't up to par, let's keep, you know, going at it. Or, hey, maybe this lyric is hitting us all weird. Let's keep going at it. And I think that's something for us that, now will be something we always do as we continue to to move on throughout our career. And something I recommend to a lot of bands, too, where it's like, take your time. Don't, mm. don't let deadlines get in the way as much. I know it's hard when you're a younger band and you have people breathing down your necks. But it truly was just an incredible experience and one that I, I really look back on this record more fondly than any just because the, the experience of, of writing this record and going through so many uh, so many challenges was, was almost a, a good thing, I think you know, this time around the pandemic really made us stay on our toes. And I think that's kind of what provided just uh, the record that you see today. Were there a lot of uh, these songs were written 
before the pandemic or did you make, were they written and then you made, you wrote new songs, changed some stuff, you know, how were you influenced by the past couple of years? Because I know, I mean, it's given inspiration to a lot of people to write. hundred percent. I mean, for us, it was one of those things where we had still planned to tour on the trauma cycle for like another year. We were actually in Germany when the pandemic was starting to, or it wasn't even a pandemic at that point. It was just a couple of people saying, hey, we're sick. And then little did we know, we came off that show in Germany probably halfway through the tour and our tour manager was like, yep. We got to get you guys out of the country now or you're going to get You almost got going. stuck there. Right. I, I remember, remember you that. telling me that. You almost got stuck there, didn't you? I remember almost, seeing the, the updates about that. We almost got stuck there. And it was crazy because literally flights were going up $100 by the minute. So, like, because everybody was trying to get out of the country. So, they weren't even accepting flights out of Germany for some reason for us. So, I remember we had to fly out of uh, Amsterdam, which, again, it was crazy. We had our tour manager on the phone. Our lighting guy was on the phone because he was, like, a travel agent in his past life. So it was just funny seeing so many people trying to make moves. And, yeah, it was crazy to kind of all of a sudden go, you know, we ended up getting back home. And we just sat there and were like, wow, we were supposed to tour on this this album for another year. We had the Five Finger Death Punch and uh, Papa Roach tour that got canceled after that. And, and we had to kind of make the call a couple months later, like, hey, do we hold out hope and maybe the pandemic ends and maybe we can kind of tour on this album a little bit more? Or do we decide to hunker down and really kind of go into the album writing mode? So to your question, Anthony, I think with this um, record, we just really didn't have anything honestly prepared before the pandemic. So once the pandemic happened, we all just kind of got in our uh, writing circles and obviously COVID made things hard with travel, but luckily that's where such a small group allowed us to just do things either. Right now I'm actually in my little studio in, uh, in Michigan where we uh, do some stuff out of same with Steve's house um, and same with Eric's house actually. So we did a lot of writing in these three places and then also went to Tyler's uh, house in LA quite a bit. So yeah, honestly all the songs really came after the pandemic started. And I do think the pandemic, like I said, it allowed us to reflect, which I think provided a lot of inspiration for this record. Just looking back on our whole journey as a band and, and coming off of that trauma, especially too, and kind of being like, all right, you know, the last record really we were reflecting on our trauma and we went through a lot of dark stuff. And, and this time around, I think we've channeled that trauma a little bit more and really kind of brought a more positive light to ourselves. And, um, you know, wanted to write some bangers and just some songs that would get uh, get people moving. And obviously, don't get me wrong, we still have, you know, some soft records on this track. But it is one to kind of go from, you know, a, a record like Trauma that really is a reflective record to more of this true power mentality that is like, hey, I can get through anything no matter how dark it gets. Yeah, show me, explain the, explain the, the, the meaning of the title for me. Yeah, so True Power, I feel like, well, honestly, it's funny because I think the first track also really goes in line with, the mantra of this whole record, which is there's fear and letting go, because I feel like, you know, that's something a lot of people had to do after, after COVID happened was like, let go of scary things that really do kind of uh, terrify you because you're going to have to go through them now. And you're going to have to do things that get you outside of your comfort zone. And I think for us with this record, we really did want to push ourselves to get outside our comfort zone. And when it comes to that true power saying really embrace and find that true power that like, I feel like for I Prevail, this was the record where we went in and said, like, we want this to be one of our defining records. We want, when people look back 10 or 20 years on this band, like, this is a record that that really did kind of um, bring them into an even bigger light. And I, I think, 
again, like I was saying, we did go through a lot of harsh stuff. I had the huge vocal injury in 2017 or 2018, which took me off the road and really did mess with my head mentally. And, you know, we had lost a lot of loved ones. I mean, Eric lost his best friend to suicide. There were a lot of things going into trauma that did provide a lot of very dark, dark, um, you know, lyric, lyrical topics. And, and even I feel like the instrumentation where this time around, just like I said, it was meant to be more of a record that shows like, hey, I've now gone through all these things. I've really um, learned how to channel them, embrace them. And, and hey, things still can get dark because don't get me wrong. We have some songs on this record, even a song like Closure that is a um, breakup track, actually. But it goes to show it's not like a song where it's like, oh, I miss you so much. Come back to me. It, it more shows the true power in knowing like when it's time to end a relationship and when it's just not healthy. And that could be a you know, sexual relationship with someone where you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever, but it also could just be a relationship in which, you know, maybe your mom or dad, things just really, you know, fell apart with you and them, or maybe you had a friend, things just fell apart. And I think sometimes, uh, sometimes true power isn't always just being all like, ah, you know, balls to the wall, I'm going to go attack everything. Sometimes true power is, is a realization of things. And even like the song doomed, which is the last track on the record really is a song that just kind of make you think where, the world's at right now and just where uh where things are going and, and trying to embrace like hey i have a realization of that opposed to um you know a song like trauma which maybe would have been a little more depressive on, on topics like that right like hopeless you know this is why i relate to this energy because it's been a very transformative year for a lot of people uh i know for myself i can relate to just i mean i heard the song for the first time just before the, there's fear and letting go um, but you saying the title, even just the title is something that I could relate to on so many levels. The, it's, there's fear and letting go. The song itself is, you know, the heavy parts are, are great. The melodies are great. The clean parts. It's, it's such a perfect blend of like pop clean and really good heavy. Like, Thank you so that, much for that. that. I mean, that's a it's, huge compliment because that's one of my favorite tracks on the record and one that we've got a lot of. I know even Brian was giving me some really good feedback on that yes. track. So that, this is you know hands what, down. This is what I felt was uh, it's one it's one of the favorite songs you guys have ever written. It's the chorus on it is monster. It, it should be. Uh, you know, it should be like the soundtrack to a UFC pay-per-view. It should be the soundtrack to a movie, an action film. Uh, it's just, it's just when I heard that and, and you sent it to me and I was just like, fuck man, this song gives me goosebumps. It did give me goosebumps. It was just that hook. I mean, when you guys finished writing that song and I'm sure it was a gradual process. I mean, did you, were you immediately aware of what you were fucking sitting on, which is just like a nuke, like you see in the album cover of like, we're dropping this shit. We're snapping on this shit. And it's just an absolute winner. I mean, the funniest thing with this song is it took, I mean, it took pretty much two years to complete this track or the, you know, the first track there's fear and letting go. It was one that I remember I had the chorus melody pretty quick like, into the process. Cause it was one that some of the songs on this record developed very quickly, like bad things we pretty much had done like right off the bat when we wrote it. But this song just, kind of went through phases where we would tune it down sometimes and then we would change the bpm we would do all sorts of things to mess around with it tyler would start adding some string noises things to kind of add to that um anthem type feel that you know you're kind of talking about where it could yes. end up in a movie or a big you know event and i think with the track too we wanted to kind of take some chances and do things where you know we had never really had a chorus like that that features big strings and such a just massive sound like that but also getting really 
low with the verses and almost having like a Billie Eilish type. Uh, yes. You know, where we're using some like vocoder sounds and we kind of use those throughout the record to uh, to keep people on their toes. But the coolest thing about the song and one thing that I always laugh about and shows you kind of how hard we uh, work to make this record everything we can make it was the breakdown. We, we had this record basically done and we were supposed to turn it in with a we had about a week or two left to, to finally finish it and turn it in. And I just remember getting a text from uh, Steve and uh, Tyler because they were just working on some minute uh, guitar things to add at the end. And they're like, don't call us crazy, but we're going to take a stab and try to write one more breakdown for There's Fear and Letting Go and see if we can't write a better one than the previous thing we had. So little did Eric and I know we got a Dropbox link maybe six hours later and that <laughs> breakdown was there and instantly Eric and I freaked out and started working on vocals to it. And I think that song kind of summed up, you know, this whole record where it really was a journey and one that we just, again, wanted to grind at until we felt that it was like perfect. And I think that's something throughout all these tracks that, again, just the time with the the pandemic and COVID really did allow us to... Just treat them, treat them all like there are individual babies and not rush one out. Really let each kid, I guess if you want to make that analogy, get their proper like due. And I think that's something a lot of bands on each record, you know, it's hard to give each song its proper due when you're on such a crazy, strenuous time. That's a rare ambition these days. Exactly, exactly. A lot of people just want to shit things out just to, to feed an algorithm. And, well, it's all uh, like the single approach. And don't get me wrong. I think singles right. are great and I think singles can really work. But for us as a band, we've always wanted to kind of have that discography where people can look back at us in 20 years and, and see like, whoa, look at that, how they went from that EP when they were kids and then they put out their first full length and then they put out Trauma and then all of a sudden True Power was that album that really put them on the map. And I think that's something for us where, again, don't get me wrong, singles are cool, but we really wanted the fan base too that's why we didn't even put out that many um music videos and singles before the record dropped because we really wanted people to embrace this as a full record uh, opposed to hey we'll give you one song and then make you wait six months and then give you another song and make you, you know we wanted right. to just be like hey take this all in as a huge experience opposed to just one song here one song there and it's a package it is a package because when you listen to it front to back it's clear everything was you were very intentional about the way things were ordered it all makes sense you could get your face ripped off for three different songs and then you have a ballad and you guys have been so effective at building a fan base of if you go to an i prevail show you have families you have people from all different walks of life literally everybody comes to these shows of all different ages you have a lot of younger fans uh you've got little kids that fucking love your band you've got people that are 60 some odd years old that love your band and i think it, it speaks to that and also on this record one of the things i noticed is that you guys never settled and it speaks to the strength that you guys have as a band because when you talk about and, and anthony touched on this a bit some bands will just put music out and what i've noticed is i think what that stems from sometimes is lack of communication inside of a band you don't want you you're afraid you're going to hurt other people's feelings so you just settle for something that is not the best product uh not not that it's, not it's just easy. a product but but actually giving critical but honest feedback that is geared towards Absolutely. making the song as best as it possibly can and all of these songs it's clear it's like everybody was in the same game how can we make these songs as good as we possibly fucking can and it shows. It 100%. absolutely shows. Well, thank you for that. But uh, to your point, communication is so key. And I think that's something, as we went into this record, we've learned a lot from our past records and, and how things went, where 
communication is so, so key. And, and like you said, sometimes it hurts to um, tell someone, hey, I don't like this lyric or, hey, I don't like this melody. But I think with us, we've gained such a bond and a trust with ourselves, especially just even looking at Eric, Steve, and I, who still we got together back in 2013 now. It's crazy to think it's been that long where we've almost known each other 10 years where we've had a lot of time to, to live. I mean, even I spend more time with these guys than my wife sometimes just because we're on tour and on the road. And it's, it's crazy to think this, the bond and brotherhood we've created. And I think in that an honesty, and, and I would recommend this to all bands, like you have to be, uh, you have to be nice about it. Don't get me wrong, but you can't hold back your opinion. You know, I had people to me, you know, come, come to me on this record and be like, Hey, cause I'm normally our melody guy. So it's like, hey, this melody just isn't quite hitting me. And yeah, sure, in the short term, maybe it hurts a little bit, but it also drives me and makes me go, all right, I'm going to get that melody that much better. I'm going to work on it tonight. I'm going to get on the piano. I'm going to get uh, Dylan or Steve to pull out the acoustic guitar and have me to start singing along. And I think it's the same way, even with lyrically, where we have a big melting pot of, you know, throwing in lyrics on this record, where it really was such a collaborative effort. We're not any song was just one guy coming in with everything written saying, Hey, this is it. Nothing gets changed. And I think that's something that really is important to, uh, to kind of just have a, uh, a set path, you know, on your journey to whatever album you want to make, because there has to be a cohesiveness and there has to be a trust amongst those people in the room, especially when you think about the fact that we worked on this album for two years straight, you know, there were a lot of times where you'd wake up certain days and oh, maybe the song isn't hitting me as good as it was hitting me last week or, Oh, maybe I really thought this key. I mean, we had arguments about keys on this uh, album. We had arguments about the BPM. I mean, we had we had all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, we always would come back to, hey, you know, if three out of the four of us vote this way or four out of the five of us, we know that this is the way and the other guy can go, hey, I trust that. So, yeah, absolutely. Communication was so key on this record. And and a big reason, too, was even our record label with Fearless, uh, Andy Sorrell, the president, uh, really allowed us to just kind of take our time and and wasn't breathing down our neck, which really, you know, I give him so much props for, yeah, because even he spent about a year not even hearing music from us, where I know most record label uh, executives would be like, what are you guys doing? Where he really just trusted the process and allowed us to do our thing. And I just give him so many props for, you know, allowing us to, to really take our time with this. Yeah, it takes guts to do that. And yeah, shout out to Fearless. I think they've done a great job with you guys where it's like, it seems to me as an outsider that they've allowed you guys to just kind of, I think at this point, anybody who's like, okay, they know what the fuck they're doing. Leave them alone. They're going to give you quality. <laughs> Don't bother them. They're At some point, they're going to turn in something, especially if you give them the time and the, the creative process. Uh, one of the things too that I love about this record is that there are so many different sounds that you guys are experimenting with like on closure you talked about kind of having that vocoder effect and having you know i kind of compared to image and heap uh, at one part and there's this pop sensibility and then you get into the heavy elements as well all within one song and it works <laughs> it's just like only you guys can pull off uh having 15 like 15 different genres all packed into one record i think you guys pretty much did everything but smooth jazz and country on this album oh. Uh, how, how do you guys experiment with these different sounds and these different genres? I mean, how does that, how does that look like? I mean, you better watch out. Cause, uh, it's funny, Eric, actually, we just played in Australia tour, like, um, give or take a month ago. And somebody actually asked, like, you've touched on so many genres. What's, what's next? And Eric threw out a uh, country black metal. So 
You know, Let's go. Like, <laughs> I I'm actually doing country black metal. But yeah, I think when it comes to the sounds collectively as a band, obviously throughout our entire discography, we have always wanted to be an act that is diverse and can have a range where we do have our very heavy songs that can get everybody going crazy at a live show, but also have, you know, a soft acoustic track that you can kind of just sit back and, um, you know, relate to. And I think that's something that kind of reflects our music taste as a band. Cause for someone like me, I'm a hodgepodge of, I love all things. I mean, I love rock music and metal music in my core, but I'm also a dude who throw on some Justin Bieber and I love listening to melodies and anybody yeah. can throw me crispy melodies. I'm just super into. So I really love that side. And the hip hop side, I'm always the dude looking for, you know, the next big rapper kind of coming out there, the next big uh, artist, you know, in that world. But then on, you know, the other side, Eric, you know, cause I'm a singer. So of course I like the popular stuff and the more, you know, hip hop stuff. But then Eric is our metal dude at the end of the day. I mean, he, that kid knows every up and coming metal or rock band, like you could think of. And even all the old stuff too. I mean, he is, he is someone who is constantly just, you know, looking for different sounds and music in that world. So it is cool, you know, to see the mixture of us. And then obviously even with our producer, Tyler, who has the ability to allow us to kind of get as creative as we want, because not every producer you can go to and say, Hey, we have these ideas where we want to do a big anthem, like there's fear letting go that has strings and stuff in it. But then we want to do a like Southern metal song with judgment day, but it also has a, you know, smooth chorus, but then we want to do a piano ballad uh, with doomed at the end. So I give him huge props too, for just upping his game as a producer and being able to, he's a monster. Yeah. I mean, he is, he is incredible. I highly recommend people, you know, give his other projects a listen. Yes. He truly, he truly just works nonstop. And I think with the mixture of, you know, our music taste and his production skills and then John Everhart, who who also wrote on this record and his He's uh, a beast as well. Yep, Love that guy. Skills, I mean, they just allow us to kind of come in a room and we can just sit down and say, hey, whatever we want to go for today, whether it's a, we want to try to write an anthem that's going to end up in sports arenas. We want to try to write a hip hop metal mesh, like a song like Self-Destruction. Or, you know, we want to write a, uh, a ballad that kind of touches on a relationship, but also let it, you know, still go heavy in a song like Closure. So, yeah, I think going into this record, it was something that, you know, we've had success with in the past. So we wanted to keep evolving on it, but obviously still try to keep it all in that one sound. That's always the most difficult part with our records is trying to keep it cohesive because there are so many different sounds and so many different um, vibes going on, which obviously, you know, you can have a, you know, issue with on track listing, trying to piece together not every song is necessarily going to go perfect with each other, but you know, I think with this record and as we continue to go forth, we'll always try to be the band that evolves and, and keeps us fresh, but always keeps us a rock and metal band at our roots. Cause I do look at someone and I hate to be cliche, but I mean, they are the peak to me of what, you know, being that massive rock and metal band is. And that was Lincoln park where I look back at them and I just think it was so incredible. Not only what they did for this genre, but, the fact that they were able to bring in so many people from the pop world or the hip hop world and get, yes. get so many people listening to music in this world. Cause I want to be one of those guys who at the end of the day, you can like my band, you don't have to like my band, whatever. But if you can respect it and you can at least say like, Hey, might not be my cup of tea, but they are bringing a ton of people into this genre who might check out a band that I like, or maybe some things on the heavier end that, you know, maybe I prevail is not heavy enough for me and, and whatnot. But, who knows the more that we can get out and reach out to the youth. Cause I do see 
not to keep going on too long, but I do see a lot of people now in the pop world and the hip hop world and the EDM world are all now wanting to wear a guitar. They're yes. all in mosh pits at their shows. They are bringing a lot of rock energy, and I'm seeing a lot of the youth like that energy. So it's like, hey, come check real rock and, and metal out and see if uh, you, you can't like it. And I think that's why adding in these songs, having a song even like Fuck What You Think You Know, where I do do a little rapping in the verses, but Eric has a crazy, you know, screaming chorus, essentially. it's something The rapping is on point, dude. Thank you, man. I mean, it's just trying to, trying to be different and trying to do things outside the box where, again, not everything – we're going to look back on 10 years from now and be like, yeah, it all worked. Or, hey, you know, every single decision we made was perfect. But it is one of those things that I think the more that we continue to get outside the box and follow that kind of that fear and letting go mantra where you're letting go of some of the walls you build up and, and doing mm-hmm. things that experiment a little bit, I think, allows you to, you know, kind of see see things that you never thought you could do. I think it's, yeah, it, it, right now we're in this time right now where it's uh, – um, that's what everyone like it's it's people are are open to this they're open to this kind of experimentation a lot of like music lovers and and people have to, i've seen it through all social media platforms like tiktok you have people who are uh obsessed with all different eras of music it's, it seems like a big melting pot right now so the fact that you're taking this approach is smart because i mean and i've seen it even with the stuff that i do on my channel like people who are music lovers they just love all types of stuff if it's good if it's good it'll translate to all different styles and i think that one of the things that i really appreciate with everything you're saying and what i've gathered so far with this album is that it doesn't come off as like this uh, uh negative undertone and edgy and i like i don't don't get me wrong I, the whole emo energy of people crying about their lives and this and that is uh, it, there's a place for it but the fact that you're taking this kind of positive approach and you're you're talking about for instance like you said before a breakup but you're talking about it more like when you need to notice when it's time to go and let go that's the stuff that's not not being uh written nearly enough and it's important for a new generation to latch on to that if you can make that cool you're actually doing a service to humanity like so i i think that's that's a big the thing that sticks out to me the most out of everything you just said so i'm i'm really excited to 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 kind of dig into this album even more than i have uh, thank you man uh, and aesthetically aesthetically it's already it's it's already ear candy you know the, but the fact that the, all this ambition went into it and i i also as someone who's been in bands that uh with people who have been very difficult to work with you say you know communication is so important but sometimes it's really difficult to establish that communication and and you're very lucky if you if you know it also has a little bit to do with luck to find the people that that you work well with because i personally love being told that something i do sucks i love it it's good it's it, yeah it's things sometimes like when you thought it was good but um at the end of the day i want to be a part of something that's actually good not just something i thought was good you know, and how far can you push it? How far can <laughs> yeah. you push it? I'm only do I, I'm I'm do yeah I I do music for myself, but only to a certain degree. If I'm only doing it for yeah, if I'm doing it for myself, but you know, no one likes it, then that kind of sucks too. You know, well, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of have to have a bunch of like yes men around you too. Everyone is <laughs> right. constantly telling you everything you're doing is great, and and like you even said too, I do think a good amount of it was luck. You know, finding Eric and Steve in the beginning because I even look back, I was in a previous band that didn't come to fruition it was a lot of my buddies from like high school and stuff and you know we just 
we we were those guys. We wouldn't tell each other like, hey, this is not good, or hey, everything just was constantly like, you know, in la la land. Where meanwhile, we're like, oh, why'd only five people show up to our shows, or oh, why <laughs> did this song only get streamed a hundred times in the last week? I gotta say, man, uh, you know, the one thing that I I respect about you guys, and I think is just really crazy, is that. You really have done something that a lot of people who are on YouTube getting exposure would have loved to have done. It's very rare. Uh, and I'd love for, you know, for, for you know, like, I, I would just love to hear more about that because I remember back in 2015, I had a big year the, the year prior going uh, viral with my Styles videos. And towards the end, it was December of 2014, if I'm not mistaken, yep, you guys yep. put out that cover of, of Taylor Swift. Exactly. And it blew up. It took up, took over the whole internet. Now, what would have happened, what most people would have done, including myself, was follow that up with a cover, another cover. And you didn't do that. Instead, you you uh, uh, you took a different approach, and it worked. Like it, it, I would have been afraid to take the approach that you took. A lot of people are. You didn't settle. Uh, artists, you didn't ride that wave. Exactly. You said, Fuck, like, you I know, remember, too. You were like, yeah, I don't want to but be known as a cover band. How did you make that work? How exactly did you make that work? I mean, uh, well, yeah, I was just going to say the, the crazy thing is, and a lot of people don't realize this, but I think it was the time that got put in before all that stuff happened because basically I told you, so my last band fell apart because I didn't even start singing until after high school. So music for me, I always loved listening to music, but never thought I'd be a musician. So one day I was singing in the car. My buddy was like, oh, you kind of sing. Come join my band. I joined it for like a year. I decided like, all right, I'm going to, uh, you know, I had a scholarship to Oakland University for some like broadcasting stuff. And I'm like, I really want to try this music thing. I can always go to college later on. So that like failed. And, and during that, you know, it was about a two year process where I really just got to analyze everything about like, why did our social media fail? Why did the music fail? Why did the core band not get along well? Like all the different things that go along with making a band what it is. And I think for me, I really sat there and said like, okay, if I want to make this a career, if I want to have this take off, if I want to be actually able to make a living, like the first thing and foremost I need to do is find people that have the same drive as me and the same energy and connection where the second I meet with them, I go, okay, this is, this is what it's like to be working with someone who wants to, you know, just go for it. And for me, I used a website called Bandmix to meet Steve, funny enough, who uh, I met on there and we hit it off quickly. And then a little later on, I met Eric uh, through a mutual friend on Facebook and we, me, Steve and Eric just hit it off at Taco Bell of all places. Down in Hell Hunter. yeah, dude. What'd you order? The crunches and stuff. But well, I mean, it was crazy though, because so we get along so well and then it's kind of like, all right, we all really like each other. We have the same music taste. Now, what do we do? Like, what, where do we start? So we really just started saying, all right, we found the producer who actually produced my old band before who we got with. We started writing songs every day. We rented a little uh, storage space to start practicing. We started talking about the name, the social media, like, what do we want it to look like? How responsive do we want to be to our fans? What's the logo? What's the uh, vibe we're giving off? How do the music videos look? So we started doing all those things to a point where we finally got the EP uh, ready to go. So the EP was totally done. Now, for me, I'd sat there and gone, all right, we haven't, we've been around for about a year and a half now at this point. We have not released to the public. Even our parents and, like, friends, close friends are like, what are these people doing at this point? 
So, so you had already made music. You already, How many songs did you have at this point? So at this point, we had had the EP ready, which is about seven songs. We didn't even have the covers. We had, had the EP written probably, you're talking November of then. So okay. I'm sitting there going, all right, we're pretty much ready to release. But if we just release out the gate with this EP, it's not going to, no one's going to know who we are. It's going to be so hard to blow up. So And most people do that, by the way. Exactly. Most I would have done so that. So I have right. the thinking of like, all right. Let me think back. I looked at my old band. What was the most successful thing we ever did? We did a Justin Bieber cover that did like 500K views in like the first couple of weeks or something. And then I remember YouTube actually took it down. Like Bieber's people, we didn't like go through the right parameters to get the song synced and licensed. So they took it down. So that was absolutely heartbreaking in the old band. But it did allow me to go like, hey, what's something that can kind of blow up the cp so we started looking at a bunch of different songs that were starting to come out we actually came across taylor swift's leaked album and in that i'm like all right we started searching through the songs so we knew you know she's probably gonna have the biggest release of the year and then we just you were ahead of the yeah, curve because yeah, that, yeah. that became a hit after we listened through and there's so many good songs on the record so obviously it was hard to even pick one but we listened to blank space and like whoa this is kind of a song that has some like dark energy to it and one that certainly could you know be covered and, and covered in a way that probably got some ears on it. So we went in, wrote it in essentially like two days. That's a funny thing. That cover came together so freaking quick to the point where we basically recorded it. And then we decided, all right, let's go film a music video. So we filmed the music video for it in the uh, storage unit that we practiced. We put a bunch of like black curtains up and just had our guitarist little camera. And then Kurt and I are uh, curtain, not Kurt and I, sorry, Eric and I, our other vocalists, uh, actually edited it together and like, all right, let's make it black and white here and then have it change color. So little stuff like that really did allow things to kind of go like, all right, we, we think we're onto something here, but we never would have thought like, Hey, it's going to blow up. Cause that was the decision we ended up making to say, let's put out the cover and then let's put out the EP like a couple weeks after that. Cause we already had had music videos filmed too for a couple of the EP songs. So that was one thing, even though we didn't have a label, even though we didn't have a man, uh, management, we very much felt like the band at that point kind of, you know, we are our own managers, we are our own label, we got to be involved in every little thing. And even though, yeah, nowadays we have a manager, and we do have a label, we still are those same dudes who are just involved in every aspect of yes. our business. So going back to what you're saying, though, Blank Space just blew up out of nowhere pretty much a month after it came out because it was pretty big in december but i remember january 6th some random rock station in uh, i think iowa i can't remember it was either iowa or oklahoma had taken the link on youtube uh downloaded the video and posted it on facebook it went crazy viral on facebook to the point where it was straight up getting like when I kid you not, like 500 shares per minute, it was yeah. mine. Well, that was also at a time when Facebook that. video, face, Facebook video had ridiculous reach. Crazy that was like the, in in his in the history of social media. Facebook things. video, when it first became a thing, had stupid reach. Well, right. that's yeah. what you get 50 song, million views. That's what happened. <laughs> the song blew up to the point where Facebook's view counter like broke. Like it just paused at 4.2 million because all the things were going up and we're like, why is the video sitting at 4.2 million? And Facebook hit us back. It was like the, the view counters broke for some reason on this video. Like it's not counting. Zuck so, came in and hit the pause. Yeah, Zuckerberg was like, no more. But I mean, it was crazy because <laughs> once that happened, everything in this you know life changed very quickly where all of a sudden the it went from the EP or, or the cover came out 
to all of a sudden the EP is now releasing and things are blowing up to where I remember that I'll never forget the day. It was like January 7th or 8th where blank space was number one on the rock singles charts on iTunes. And this when iTunes was still like way bigger than even yeah, popping, yeah. Apple music was around. Uh, so it was number one on the iTunes rock charts, but then the EP was number one on the iTunes album chart. And that was for a good week. So right after that, our email was loaded up with people, managers in our uh, email, uh, ton of record label, uh, you know, offers starting to come in and people wanted to talk to us. So, yeah, I mean, shortly after that, things kind of just kept going up and up and up and it's kind of led into where we are today. But it always will go to show, you know, this band constantly wants to be known as a band that we are always going to be involved in every aspect of our business. And we are an organic band who is just a couple dudes who wanted to take this out. That's one thing, you know, it does annoy me when I see someone look at us and think, oh, a label built us from the start, or, oh, it was all mama and daddy's money, you know. It's just like, no, this was about as organic as you can get, and I I still have to drive by the You were pushing pizzas for a while, too, weren't you? Exactly. I still drive. Yeah, Yeah, you were pushing pizzas. They don't know shit. Well, that's what, fuck Fuck what you think you know. You think you know pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) We literally have a lyric, like, where were they when I was in the basement, or in my basement? And that's, we pretty much are always recording in the basement. So it's like, you know, it's kind of the mantra we just have at these people. I remember when people were like, oh, they're just a cover band. Well, look at it now, motherfuckers. Look at them now. 15 <laughs> fully original tracks on the third record. Well, they couldn't even say that they were a cover band because they did one cover and they immediately started releasing originals. They right. never did covers. But that. they were, they were still saying it we and they weren't that. fucking, we they were like, fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had to kind of fight that for a while. And don't get me wrong, I fucking love covers. But for us, it was almost a catch-22 where the cover did such good things that it actually, I would say, a year or two in started to somewhat be a negative because all those people that instantly loved it and were like you guys are the best even our hometown we realized a lot of people in our hometown were so supportive right off the bat and then all of a sudden it blew us up and there was a lot of people who instantly went oh yeah you're just that cover band or oh you are you know you're only going to be known for that so i think there was a lot of drive to say hey we want to show people our original as much as yeah we could go write a good cover song like our original music can stand alone and kind of keep us you know keep us being i, I don't even want to say afloat because i feel like that's a bad way to say it but keep us kind of in the uh in the light of rock and metal fans and that's where it's cool now to look at our spotify as far as i'm concerned that's what you did to the people that that really matter i mean to, I, the, to the general population the general uh community of music listeners and music appreciators well, that's uh, what, because i mean and that's how i see it because there are plenty of actual cover bands i mean like you know i can even use myself as an example i'm not a cover band but my i do i'm a cover artist you know so and i already accepted that there will be people that will always see me as that no matter what projects i do and that's okay because i know that i'm more than the projects that i create um but you know and uh and i uh, that's the thing that i respect uh, the most about you guys you're you're self-made and you you did it, and like Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And dude, and dude, um, the other thing about you mentioned drive, and I just want to say this: you guys are a very driven band. You do not fucking settle, and you guys have a chip on your shoulder, not in a negative way, but like you guys are sports guys. You want to go out and execute, 
and you want to be at the top of your game. You want to be the best you possibly can be. And when I heard this record, when I heard this album, True Power, and listened to it front to back, and you already mentioned Linkin Park, I'm like, this to me is 2022 that vibe that I got when I listened to a record like Meteora, where it's like they're all over the place and I like all of it. It's not just if, – if you have 100% heavy, if it's just balls to the wall heavy just in your face, you don't appreciate the heaviness at a certain point. Whereas when you have this nuance and you have these ebbs and valleys where it's like a musical journey – where there are pissed off moments and then there's self-reflective moments and it's the full spectrum of emotion on this Brian, album. Yo. Let's look, well, let's take it back to the eighties. Yes. It was the one band in the big four that had all those nuances. Right. They went from, they, 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 they dared to, to infuse soft songs into thrash metal. Right. We're, we're talking Metallica. about Metallica. They did that. And so, you know what I mean? Like this is the, the, you know, history repeats itself on all different, all I generations. Just watched, I just watched their set at Lollapalooza actually on Hulu. Hulu put a bunch of different sets up there and just seeing even a band like that still, I mean, obviously they're, you know, older age now, but the fact that those songs still transcend, I feel like into, uh, oh, yeah. modern day. I mean, that crowd was insane. The amount of people out there to go see them was mind-bending so yeah i do think that's something too that does give us drive kind of looking at some of these older acts and bands that have built this legacy work i mean i want to take chances man i want to be out there when i'm 70 playing in front of 50,000 100,000 hell yeah i mean that's that that's the dream i think for any any musician to say like i can still be doing this at an age and i think that's one thing you know even as you were just saying brian with the record like bands have to not be scared to evolve and that doesn't mean you have to change your sound entirely from one record to the next but even i look at a man like bring me who are bring the horizon who's consistently you know changed their sound over time yes obviously you know there are some people who may be like oh they've gone too soft for me or this or that but i do look at a band like that and say like look at the evolution throughout i mean they've almost been around 20 years at this point but the evolution that that they've gone through is is just incredible and i think they'll eventually when we look back on a bunch of bands there'll be a band that we look back on and, and was a huge, huge uh, supporter of progressing this genre further. And I think, you know, the same way bands like Metallica and Linkin Park and Limp Bizkit and all these different acts progressed the genre back in the day. I, I want to be one of those select few that, you know, in 2050, which is weird to even say that 2050 is not that far away when you really think crazy. about it. But, but when, I, when I think about that, it'd be so cool for a kid who is 18 who plays a guitar who's joining a band to like look up and be like yeah you guys remember i prevail like that that uh, my dad told me how cool they were and and uh, like i still listen to that yeah. music and it's so cool like it does it does get me excited to think about like the fact that we could be one of those bands to to transcend this genre because the story i've been telling a couple times too lately that is it's cool well it was awesome that we got to go to the Grammys. it was like the coolest experience don't get me wrong but it also gave me a lot of drive because i didn't realize the Grammys aren't even aired, or the rock category isn't even aired on right. the Grammys. It's aired on the pre-show at like 2 p.m. So we all came in, and they had us and Brink, because Bring Me was also nominated, and both bands were sitting pretty far back, you know, in the thing, and it was just crazy to me. Like, during the actual Grammys, there were so many, uh, like, awards given out for things where I'm like, you guys are going to give an award for this over something as big as the category of rock? So I do right. hope, you know, we can be one of those bands that, in 10 years or 15 years from now, I mean, fingers crossed, it's, it's sooner than that, but 
all of a sudden when you're on CBS or ABC or whoever hosts the Grammys, you know, they are announcing the best rock album of the year, the best metal album of the year. Well, all you have to do, Brian, is, uh, is you know, take off your clothes and take a full picture <laughs> like, like yes. uh, what's his name? Um, this is Tommy, Tommy Lee. Lee. So. And just post it on Instagram, and you'll and we'll you'll bring the rock category See, right I back. I quite got the six pack for that, but our drummer Gabe, our drummer Gabe, has got one of not to be that that guy. He, <laughs> he's, he's got the physique, okay? He is. Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought he was gonna say he's got a big dick, dude. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. He's got. I was like. I was like. Oh, I was bracing for it. He's got a dude. I mean, the water. He's going to disclose that information, but he does have a stick pack. So yes, there we go. He'll look pretty good. We just got to start throwing him up there in the music. Listen, man. By the way, I can't wait for your show in in New York City. I will 100% be there. When does that tour kick off? Um. Yeah, when does the tour kick off? The tour kicks off, so we actually start in about three weeks. We've been uh, practicing a bunch. We just got an awesome new storage space that we're working out of uh, that really makes us feel like we get to move around and actually get ready for the show, opposed to the little storage unit we've been in. But it kicks off, I want to say, September 9th is the first day. It's the, the weekend of NFL, so Brian's, Brian will know about that because we got a little bet going since his Eagles are playing. Eagles Lions. versus Lions. We're going to get our fucking asses beat by the Lions, but uh, and I'm going to owe you. I'm going to owe you some money. Admitted defeat. I've, 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 well, I have no, I have very little. This is how it goes with the Eagles. Any year they're supposed to be good, when they go, yeah, we're supposed to be good, it's going to fall apart week one. Probably players are just going to be no showing. Uh, the quarterback may get oh, wait, injured. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, you're talking like you got the, at least your team's won a Super Bowl. And, and then recently, my team, I was born in 1993. The Detroit Lions have not won a playoff game since 1993. Oh, man, that was when we had, like, floppy disks and shit, too, man. Damn. I mean, the good news for me, being on tour, if we do lose to you guys, at least I'll be on tour, so... Yeah, but yeah, we're so excited for that tour with. Uh, what's the What's the production? Any previews on what we can expect from the production? Because you I'm guys always go all out. Yet, but we have spent more money than we've ever spent before on. We, Let's we go! Cool things coming on. And our lighting guy Graham has been. Pro, we actually have two lighting guys this tour. That's how crazy. Um, oh wow! Things are going to be, but wow. the tour itself is going to be so much fun. Obviously, uh, Pierce Lavelle is our direct support. It's called Hell the yeah. Two Power Tour for. Anybody listening that doesn't know, but it'll be us, Pierce the Veil, uh, Fit for a King, who's an awesome band. Who I so heavy. And people uh, check out. And then Stan Atlantic's on the second leg, and yours truly is on the first leg. And they actually are both female-fronted Australian bands. So That's awesome. Great. I highly recommend checking out both Stan Atlantic is kick-ass. Oh, so good. And I'm so excited, too, to hear more Australian accents, because we were just in Australia and I just die every time I hear an Australian accent. So. Mm-hmm. I saw you guys playing, but I saw a video of you guys playing body bag and it was just, that was the other thing. It makes me so laugh just fun. thinking about some of these breakdowns and how they're going to transform live because well, everything you guys, accent, you guys accentuate through the production where it's not just the music hitting hard, but everything with the lighting, with the production all at once. I just feel like this stuff's going to destroy live. I saw you guys at Blue Ridge and I was uh, taking video and, and photographs. And I remember the entire crowd was just a mosh pit the, the whole time. It's insane. It was the best set of the weekend. Well, these crowds are going to be insane because when I tell you how crazy Australia was, 
a lot of people don't realize, I mean, we still are coming off the pandemic or even in Australia, so many people I would ask, how many people is this your first show back since, you know, everything mm. happened? Wow. I swear at least 50% in every single crowd would have their hands up. So the energy and the emotion that came from just those six shows and our first real tour off COVID, uh, in Australia was so incredible. So I can't even imagine what America is about to be, especially with the fact, I mean, for us, we've always been a band that has sold really, you know, well going into tours, but we're more of a band that really will get to the sellout points. Like once, uh, you know, once the shows start getting a couple weeks closer, this right. tour was so different where mm -hmm. shows just started selling out like five hours in where we're to a point now. I think we're at like 110,000 tickets sold for this tour. Wow. And I want to say like 15 to 20 dates are already sold out. So it's one that wow. whatever way you want to get your ticket, get them soon because they are moving quick. But it also just goes to show you how hungry and how ready the rock and metal community is to get back out and just go see live music again. And they're not going to be disappointed going to see you guys live because you guys just are one of the best live acts that are out there today. And 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 I, I say that really just having seen you guys perform so many times in so many different places and you have never put on uh, – I mean you, you obviously as much time and energy you put into your albums, you also put into that live production. And I said this to Eric when I talked to him at Blue Ridge. It's – Really, I mean, the truth of the matter is that you guys actually are one of very few bands that are young bands that have the potential. I mean, you've been around for a while, but you're all still very young. You could carry rock into the future on your shoulders. And with this album, it proves that you are absolutely prepared to do that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're three albums in some people get to that fucking third record and they just start shitting out stuff. And that's not what you did here. This no, is a fucking we're immaculate man that just grinds at things and not to look at any other bands around us and sure like oh you can kind of tell once they reach an older age or once they hit their fifth or sixth album you know and start running out of ideas or there's just a lack of maybe caring as much where i, I think for us we, we want to be like that good tv show where like if we know if we ever get to a point where we know things just are not where they need to be just end it right there like i look you at you want to be Breaking Bad and Better yes, Call Saul. Yes. Yes. Okay. You have to perfect. To end. Perfect from beginning to end. Exactly. And that's not to say we can't be that band that does go to where somebody and keeps putting out albums, but yeah. to me, we have to do them in a way where they have to consistently be, you know, received well and consistently make us go like we're not just doing this to do it at this point. Like we're doing it because we still love it and we are doing it because we're still affecting people with this music and not just throwing out b-sides where you know someone's gonna go oh thanks for the song but i can tell you guys really didn't put that much emotion into it right and that and that's that's the thing about all of this is that you guys do not settle and when i listen to this record it's a it's apparent that you guys made a deliberate effort where you're trying to put out okay best in class and this really is honestly one of the best rock records of the year hands down um sonically across the board start to finish it's all killer no filler and there is no there are no throwaway tracks on this there are no uh every single song it's very clear the hooks on this thing are fucking massive are you is it just you writing the choruses or are there other people that come in and do that like who is who are the brains behind these fucking massive hooks that you guys are writing? So melody has always been, that's been the one thing for me since day one. I give a lot of it to my grandpa who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago uh, oh, during the pandemic. But I give him, you know, this record I'm, I look back on so fondly because I, I think a lot of my 
melody ability was given by him where I could throw any, when I was a kid, I could throw any song on the TV or um, on a jude box and instantly he would just play by ear on the piano and find it. So oh, wow. me, I always have just loved humming things or getting on a piano and just finding things or even like my band always laughs at me, but I'll be that dude on tour who like, you know, they'll just yell out a random word at me and I'll make like a jingle to something. Like my last one was <laughs> bagel bites. Like we, we had a big, uh, we, pizza we in the morning, pizza in the evening. Yeah. We got, I, I won't give, give you it now because I'm saving it for once bagel bites actually gives us the, yeah, they the need to fucking pay you first. They got to sign off on it first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And pay. But yeah, when it comes to melody, I feel like I take a lot of it, but don't get me wrong. There's, absolutely a lot of contribution coming in from steve eric and tyler where they'll be like "Ooh, maybe try going up here maybe let this melody uh you know let's try taking the song up a half half octave and see if it doesn't even make your range sound uh crazier so the cool thing Bro. is with my melodies too i'm a big hum dude so i just like to hum things ago sometimes i'll throw out a word um a lot of times though it's just a hum so the cool thing is I'll start humming something long all of a sudden somebody will hear a lyric or a word that goes along with that or even like I remember on the last record, Hurricane. All I had written on the melody was "It hit me like a hurricane." That's all I had, but that was able to develop into what that whole song uh, came to be. So I think a lot of the times for me with melody, it's just probably the most uh, for me the most creative and, and fun part of the songwriting process, just because I'm just a sucker for melody, and I think that's what kind of helps our band too. Uh, you know, be able to maybe reach a bit of a broader audience because we can, like you were saying, even at our shows, yeah, we have those uh, kids who just want to hear heavy, you know, things and just hear Eric screaming and going balls to the wall. But we also do have a family that'll come where it'll be a mom and dad and their four kids who all do jam the, the whole record in their car. And that's not to say a, a family like that can't jam a balls to the wall 15 track where it is going to give you every yeah. single song heavy. But we are that band that, you know, wants to say, Hey, we have a wide-ranging uh, discography and one that anybody, no matter if you're a fan that really leans on the heavy side or leans on the soft side, at least you can listen to the band and go, there's something for me kind of in, uh, in this album. Hell yeah. And Eric, Eric is singing on this record, and I was blown away by that. I asked him, so I remember I said, you know, I, dude, absolutely. And because it's not, it's not one of those things where it's like, Oh, the guy who screams, he just needs to start singing. It's I, for, for the longest time when I listen to closure, I'm like, Oh, that's Brian singing. Then I go back and I go, fuck, no, that's Eric singing. So like he sings so good. He sounded very much like you as well. Well, I was going to say, and sorry to cut you off, but for both him and I going into this record, something that was really important to us because we had never been able to achieve it on, any of the previous records was was having both of us on each and every track showing off that there are two guys who front this band and it's not just the brian show it's not just the eric show like it's both of us now the challenge with that is obviously we do like to do stuff on the softer side and eric really has never considered himself to like sing in that pocket you know he's done you know, some rapping. proving it now. Things. Well, that, and that was the cool thing. I'm so proud of him for getting out. And again, even looking back to their fear and letting go, getting outside your comfort zone and doing something that I knew, I knew he always wanted to try that. Um, but he was always, you know, a little nervous and a little scared to get outside that comfort zone and hop on the mic. And all of a sudden, you know, because anytime Eric screams into a mic, all of us are just like, dude, 
why are you so good? Like, stop being better than everybody. <laughs> well, you know, singing for him is probably a little more challenging because it's like, hey, I've never done this. I remember the first time I hopped on a mic in front of everybody. It was terrifying. So I think for him, it was really cool to kind of uh, be able to work with him. And I was able to work with him a little bit on melody and kind of finding that tone that fits his voice right now. Even we've been uh, practicing this uh, new tour and, and doomed which is the piano battle we actually are going to be playing live on love it this new album and he will be singing uh live during it and, and right now we're working out some of the uh dynamics of that but it's it's one where i'm so proud of, it, of him and it's one that continues to show you that as a band we, yes we just want to continue to develop and be one that um kind of keeps you on your toes and, and shows you like hey Maybe a breakdown will come here. Maybe a soft part will come. Maybe Eric will rap. Maybe he'll sing. I mean, who knows? At this point, maybe I'll drop a scream or two on the next record. I mean, I feel like yeah. we're always just going to be <laughs> that band who has to just keep evolving and trying things. Because that, that's the thing at the end of the day, too. I don't want to be that stale band that you look back and every record kind of, you know, fell into place. I want to be that one, kind of like Anthony said, that like a show. I even look at a show like... Uh, Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, like each season is continue is continuing to make you more excited for the next. Where I want that feeling with our record. The next time we put out another record, I want people going, "I can't wait for this." Opposed to, "Oh yeah, maybe I'll check that out uh, when it comes out." Are you all caught up with Better Call Saul? No, that's the crazy thing. I need to. Uh, <laughs> oh I know, boy! I know the last season's been very intense, so I'm perfection. I'm super excited. I mean, Breaking Bad. I still, I have not got a Breaking Bad tattoo yet, but I love the show so much that I wanted to do like a whole sleeve committed to that. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the greatest series of all time. I mean, really I, well, well, you know, the thing is, is that Sopranos has a special place for me. It's Absolutely. still always going to be. The new I metal in did. Sopranos too, all the new metal references. The new metal, oh, well, you know, AJ's shirts. And so AJ had like a Pantera shirt on. Slipknot, I mean, that's not everything. Metal, but, uh, but you know, the thing is, is that... Um, uh, yeah, there. That, that's always going to be my favorite show. I'm a, I'm big on the the meme. I love the community of those shows on YouTube. I go to the YouTube clips. I watch all the the, the YouTube memes of uh, Breaking Bad, Sopranos. I just love all the inside jokes. Um, but uh, the thing about Breaking Bad is it's it's perfect. It was it was perfect from beginning to end, and uh, it maintained its voice throughout the entire thing. And the character you know? development and, just right. Well, the, the the character development in the first episode alone of Breaking Bad, like yeah. you, you hooked you right in. Yeah. Now I'm a drug dealer. Right, <laughs> just, you just just hooked you right in. Like you know, like you you get the story, and it's just like, man, this is great. And that is uh, something to to really uh, uh, something great to aspire for when you're an artist to to never sell yourself short. Um, I mean, to I mean, not it's a let you know. Interesting analogy to kind of compare, like a band and their discography to a TV show and the amount of seasons they, mm, they, yes. they put out for sure. And you guys say, never you guys, quit. Not, not to, not to plug uh, too many shows or anything, but if you do need another show too, the boys on Amazon, that's my yeah. new, uh, okay. I'll check that GM out lately. Definitely the craziest, not your conventional superhero show. I will tell you that much. <laughs> you watch Yellowstone? No, Eric. Loves uh, I, 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 that's another, bra. that's another show that I want to get into. A That's lot of my friends it. watch that. I've I've watched clips of that show, and it's it made so me want to watch it. Boy, Get man, through the first two episodes. A, uh, I was just gonna say, man, to start a uh, podcast, starting to review uh, movies and TV shows. At this point. Right. right. I just love. See, the thing is, I've watched clips of that show because I love clips of of like people getting you know beat up, and like you know like people <laughs> who deserve to get beat up. We started a UFC podcast. 
Right. No, I just like seeing like <laughs> like you know like there's there's tough guys who are who are trying to bully like trying to trying to start some shit and then this guy comes and just fucks him up. Like I just I love stuff like that. So <laughs> that's why I love mafia movies because I love like yeah. you know I just anyway. So no, I agree. Uh, Yo, all right. So before video, we get uh, going, because I, I know this is album release date. First of all, Brian, I just want to thank you so much, bro, for making time for this. Of uh, you're obviously one of the biggest artists in rock right now and growing. I think you guys are going to be a historic band in rock. I really do feel like you guys have the potential and are obviously demonstrating that you're going to carry rock into the future with this record. When I heard this album front to back, just the entire package of it is you listen to this 10 years from now, it's still going to be a great rock record. And so, I mean, dude, my hats off to you. You should be celebrating. Uh, my, my final question, how are the lions going to do this year? Are they going to go to the playoffs? And I'll tell you what I think about the the playoffs. We are maybe going to go to the super bowl. Wow. Tall. Anthony, do you have a team? But not really. Yeah. You know, I'm more of a, uh, if anything, I'm more of a baseball uh, guy. Are you a Yankees you know, fan up there in New York? I yeah, you know, in in, in my recent years, yes, but uh, I'm I'm not one of these dedicated Yankee fans that watch uh, all throughout the season. I'm more of like the the playoffs. I'm jealous, uh, but the thing because the Yankees this year are amazing. Nasty. I will say, fun fact. Uh, uh, to your first question, Brian, the Lions will make the playoffs. Our schedule is mm-hmm. very easy. I'm drinking the the Honolulu Blue Kool Aid. It's going to happen. But <laughs> a cool thing we're doing. Um, Actually, I'm, I got to start practicing tonight a little bit for it. But Eric and I are throwing out the uh, first pitch at the Detroit Tigers game tomorrow. So. Oh wow! How it's cool is that? Well, it's really cool too because they're playing the Angels. So uh, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout will be out there. It'll be, are you afraid you might fuck it up? I don't. So yeah, if, you ever, <laughs> if you ever get a chance, you have to check out Fifty Cent throwing his first. Pitch. Oh shit! The worst first pitch ever. He like. It literally, I don't even know how you can throw a ball that bad. So check that out. As long as I don't do it that bad, I'll feel good with myself. I just right. got to hit the mitt. You got it. You hit got this. You got this. But yeah, shit. I'll send you a video for sure. You guys yeah. can see Absolutely. How I'll share it. That's that's great. Yeah, just We're fucking kill it. Definitely is a cool way to kick off the album release. And, and yeah, you- much love to both of you guys too. I know, uh, seriously, the support on, on both sides has always been so much uh well or so well received by me and i always have just felt how much you guys uh, have embraced the band so Appreciate in your you corner a thousand percent i mean you guys are you guys are one of the best in class i mean it's easy to support you guys you're fucking great well, Anthony, <laughs> I mean, to hang in new york and then brian what show i, I know you'll probably come out i'll be at there. something i'll drive i'll drive hours to come see the show and I, i'll okay. come to probably multiple i can't wait for the new york date are man. you at aftershock i, I, don't I know like you're not the- at louder the only um, festivals I think we're doing on this tour are the uh, Blue Ridge in Virginia, and then we have the three days and the When We Were Young Fest in uh, Las Vegas. Brian, you should come up to New York October I 2nd. might come up to fucking New York. Yeah. I'm serious about that. I might that'd do that. If you can, man, that'd be awesome. You come I'm by. Trying, you know, not, you nothing to that one sold out in like a day. So if you What venue is that? I'm so bad with venue names. Oh, okay. I don't know what uh, it is. Pier something. Pier something. Is that the? Is yeah. that an outdoor venue? If you want, you can crash here, Brian. We can go. And I'm going drive, to. We can drive down. We just have to. Sh- I just have to. Like, we just got to cuddle uh, before I go to sleep. Yeah, we'll cuddle sleep. and you know do all that. Dude, Brian needs a song saying to him before. A hundred percent. Like <laughs> a, nursery a, rhyme, a nursery rhyme. A nursery rhyme. I'll sing you a lullaby. Song. Yeah, I'll sing you one of their songs in lullaby yeah, exactly, style. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, thank you so much. 
Fucking congratulations, you did it. Thank you. We did you it. You should be celebrating. Hell yeah, man. Throw that pitch out. It's if you big... mess up the pitch, immediately pretend like you fucked your rotator cuff. <laughs> yeah, it's the, oh, exactly. Oh, like God. it's like it's rookie of the year. Yeah. Like it's rookie <laughs> yeah. of the year. You ever see that movie? Yeah. No, but I name it now. <laughs> oh, you, oh man, the the bit the, the the kids' baseball movies of the nineties. I mean, obviously Sandlot takes the it's takes the top, movie, but dude. rookie of the year, I think it might have been late eighties. Dennis Quaid. Um no, no. Uh, what's his name is in it? Uh, uh, shit, I, I'm blanking. I'll look it up. I'll watch it for sure. Look it up. <laughs> that in Little Big League, Little Big League, where where the kid inherits the grandfather's. Uh, the grandfather's the owner of the Minnesota Twins, and he and he inherits the Twins because the grandfather passed away and gave it to him. Not seen that either. So My favorite gotta, sports movie: Basketball. Yeah. Basketball. Oh, <laughs> that is the best. Most underrated. I know every <laughs> single line. Yeah, I can South go Park line guys. for line with you in that movie, Basketball. Brian, you ever see it? Yeah. Freaking amazing movie. Yeah, it's yeah, so funny. Dude, I can go line for line. I, it's it's the most from underrated. It's oh, my God. Good, it's probably been a good 10 years since I've seen that. So I know oh, it I still need holds up. At it. Stop oh, calling yeah. me, little bitch. <laughs> oh damn it i swear if you guys rag on me 13 or 14 more times i'm out of here yes oh the best part is when squeak goes up to the, the 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 interviewer he's interviewing uh um he's interviewing coop and he goes and he's like you know yeah yeah and squeak goes up to him and goes hey, hey can i get an interview and the guy just goes no and he just <laughs> Just treat him like shit the entire dude, time. That's a movie I'm gonna go watch tonight now. Fuck oh yeah. yeah, dude. That'll make you feel so good. That'll good. make you pumped about that. And dude, anyways, <laughs> I know you got to run album release date. Thank you for being here, Brian. Again, thank you, guys. You're a fucking monster. Appreciate y'all. Much respect. I can say a million things about how pumped I am for you guys. I'm just gonna stop rambling and go listen to True Power if you have not yet. Go add it on your Spotify. Go add it on Apple Music. Go download it. They got a bunch of vinyls and stuff you can get. And go get tickets to your nearest show because that, sh- that whole fucking tour is going to be sold out in a couple weeks, it looks like. So uh, go get those tickets right now. Link to their website in the description of this video so you can pick up all the bundles, all the tickets, everything. Let's fucking make a statement. This is the band to get behind right here. I prevail. Check it out.